Welcome back to the show. And uh, as you can tell from the time duration on this episode, it will uh, definitely be a lot shorter than usual. Uh, Riley had a scheduling conflict this week, but uh, he will be back on Saturday for our debatable episode. Uh, Unfortunately, that means that there won't be anyone else to provide some alternative opinions to my own on this week's topics. So uh, that said, we will jump right into it. Uh, Last week, we mentioned how Google released the June Pixel update that uh, seemingly had a handful of fixes and improvements. Uh, We had over 30 mentions of issues being resolved, but leave it to irony that one thing which wasn't a fix, actually rather a major problem was introduced, was the worsening of battery life. Uh, Evidently, with all the improvements, it caused the energy consumption to increase quite noticeably, which also was evident with the devices getting much warmer than usual after the update. Sadly, not much can be done right now, uh, at least until Google will release another supplemental update to counteract against the battery drain. So if you want to avoid that, it's highly advisable to wait on installing that update until another one comes out, or even until Google puts into place some sort of fixes on the back end through maybe services or app updates, uh, depending on what specifics are causing shorter battery life. Uh, Personally, I just kind of found it, like I said, ironic that a decent size update, uh, which was meant to address a whole bunch of fixes, is (laughs) pretty much the source of countless complaints from users on their Pixel phone as it's dying much sooner than it previously had. So But uh, moving over to Microsoft, we have reports that they will be raising their prices for a couple of their Xbox Game Pass subscriptions. Uh, The base console pass will make a minor jump from $9.99 to $10.99, and the ultimate pass will rise from $14.99 to $16.99. My wife and I were a little bummed by that since we are on the ultimate plan, but uh, I have to say that it was kind of expected as uh, many of the services out there have been making an increase over the past year or so. Uh, Apple Music and Spotify, to name a couple. Uh, Netflix, Disney+, Plus. I think even technically count HBO as an increase. So it's not necessarily a surprise. Nevertheless, it doesn't really want to make me jump for joy either. But uh, go ahead, if you're on YouTube, feel free to just jump in the comments. Let me know if you feel like that's you know valid. Um, it's one and two dollars, so I really don't think it's that big of a deal. It's just just another reminder of inflation and whatnot. So it is what it is. But uh, it's worth noting that Microsoft is increasing the prices of their Xbox Series X as well. Now that is in select regions. So for our international listeners, I'll go through that real quick. Uh, In the UK, it will go for 480 pounds. In most of the European markets, it will fetch 550 euros. And up in Canada, they will see a jump to 650 Canadian. And down in Australia, those residents will have to pay 800 Australian dollars. Now, just as a clarification, that may sound like a lot, but in about USD, 800 Australian dollars is like 530. So it's not like as bad as it sounds. Um, the Series X will not increase for those of us here in the States, so that's a positive note, as well as the fact that the Series S is not included in that price hike across any region, so that will remain the same. Now, on a side note, something a little more interesting here, uh, amongst all the litigations going on between the FTC and Microsoft, they have mistakenly given away the price of Sony's upcoming Project Q handset 
which is evidently going to come in at a hefty $300. So y'all can let me know in the comments if you feel like that is a fair price. In my opinion, I still don't feel like it's even worth buying, but then again, that's that's just me. Uh, it's kind of rare of me to say that uh, for a PlayStation gaming console. Then again, this isn't your average PS system. So, But moving on to other news, the NFC Forum the group that is in charge of bringing us the near-field communication technology, is considering the advancement of said technology in regards to distance, charging power, multi-purpose tapping, among other improvements. Now, this could be a topic we bring up again on Saturday, as there could possibly be some potential concerns or controversies with this, but one of the most notable improvements is that distance. And that's pretty much how one NFC device would be close enough to read another NFC device uh, in which data would be interchanged between the two devices. Currently, that standard is at about five millimeters or just under two tenths of an inch. And the forum's goal is to increase that to a range of between around an eighth of an inch to 1.2 inches. So... Uh, obviously, the primary feature that benefits from this is mobile pay software, such as Google Pay or Apple Pay. And honestly, I can't tell you how much this would improve the whole experience when paying with your phone or compatible wearables. Not to mention that with an increased distance, the likelihood of failed attempts would seemingly decrease as well. Uh, that's something I've had an issue with over various times using uh, mobile pay uh, for the most part, Apple Pay has always been really good. Uh, Google Pay hasn't really been too awful, but I feel like this would really just streamline the whole process. Now, like I said, there are some other additions to what the forum would like to do, and uh, those are all improvements that would be set to release over the next three to five years. Uh, you can definitely check out the link in the description if you want to look into that into further detail. Like I said, we I'll check with Riley and see if that's something we want to showcase on Debatable this Saturday. But uh, that's about it for the NFC forum there. Uh, heading back over to Google, though, on a quick note, they have announced that the album archive will no longer be in service. Uh, this is essentially a web gallery that allows you to view and manage video and photo content from various Google services and products. Uh, the primary of which is Google Hangouts, as well as Picasa web albums. Um, obviously I've used Google Hangouts for quite a long time. That was before they switched over to Google chat, uh, as well. I actually still use Picasso. Um, that was their photo editing gallery software. And it just, it's something simple for me to use. So versus having to pull up, you know, Adobe Lightroom or Photoshop, it's just a quick piece of software that has some really helpful tools. And obviously it's no longer supported, but I still use it. So, um, Something to clarify, though, is that the content within Blogger, Google Account Profile Images, Google Photos, which is also associated with Google Photos Archive, and most of Google Hangouts images and videos will still be available if they have already been migrated over to Google Chat. Google has provided steps on how to back up that content if that's your desire to do so, and we have provided that link in the description. Uh, the service is set to expire in less than a month, so that'll take place on July 19th. So you do have some time before that takes effect, but obviously I wouldn't prolong that task. Uh, so, But moving on to deals, we have just a couple this week, um, pretty much centered around home entertainment. The first is the Samsung 75-inch Neo QLED Quantum HDR Plus 4K TV. 
That is down from nearly $3,300 to almost $2,600, just a little over 20% discount over on Amazon. And then we got something for you to pair it with, which is the LG S80QY, which is a 3.1.3 channel soundbar with a wireless subwoofer. Uh, that's about 50% off down from $900 to uh, just about $450 over on Newegg. So if you guys are into, into home entertainment, I know that first one is pretty hefty as far as pricing. But if, if you're looking for one, that has definitely had some good ratings online. Obviously, always do your uh, due diligence when it comes to research on any products you buy. But uh, those are on discount. So uh, moving back to Google, evidently for many pre-ordering customers seeking to acquire the latest Pixel Fold, uh, they are seeing their orders being canceled due to some sort of payment verification failure. So uh, these are all customers that originally made the pre-order back when it was first available. And now that it time has come for the payment to be made, there's something going on between Google and the banks that's not verifying the payment. Uh, so as far as the delivery dates, what once was expected to be a range of sometime in July is now becoming closer to, well, for certain models, uh, you've got the 256 gigabyte porcelain model. That's now set to be late August, early September. And then you've got the 256 gigabyte Obsidian model, which is due for around early to mid-August for delivery. Now, for all of you 512 gigabyte pre-orders, uh, you could have to wait until September 21st, uh, depending on how this all unfolds. So, yeah, I know. It's a pun. Let's move on. Uh, Google has stated that they are aware of this and are looking into the situation as to why this is taking place. Uh, they've urged customers not to place a new order, but rather just sit tight as they investigate the ongoing confusion. Uh, they've assured customers that they would receive some sort of response over the next day or two. So just keep an eye out for that as uh, if definitely if you've put in a pre-order for a Pixel Fold uh, and you're having that issue. So uh, staying right along with Google, for many of us iPhone users, we know what it's like to enjoy an enhanced messaging experience within iMessage, something that's slowly been evolving for Android users, but only with limited options. Verizon Messages had their offerings, Samsung had theirs, and it was reasonably acceptable, especially if you had another Samsung device that you were in communication with. Uh, and then, of course, you have your other third-party applications that provide various features to the whole messaging experience, uh, Telegram, WhatsApp, et cetera, et cetera. But over the last few years, mobile carriers and the big two Android companies of Google and Samsung have made strong efforts to provide a more well-rounded experience for their users with RCS inside the Google Messages app. Uh, often when I am testing out the latest Android phones, it's just nice to be able to enjoy features like typing indicators, send and read receipts, in-chat reactions, among other improvements. So now Google Messages is giving you one more way to know that you are enjoying all that RCS has to offer with a small little indicator to the left of each messaging thread. Uh, for those of you guys who are curious, you can check the link in the description where you will see a little icon that appears in the bottom right of the contact profile image in the Messages app which the image appears to the left of the text. So quite frankly, I was never for certain if any of my recipients had RCS until I could press and hold on their messages to see if a reactions were available. 
And then also there was another trigger where you would see in the messaging prompt where you would start typing, it would say send RCS versus, you know, send SMS. So that's a couple of ways you could tell. But this is really just going to, you know, help clarify all that and remove any doubt. This little indicator will be available on Google Messages version, in case you guys are curious, 2023-0615 underscore 02 underscore RC00. You can check that out in that link as well if you didn't catch all that. But as long as your Google Messages app is updated to that, you should be seeing that feature available to you. So lastly for this week, uh, we're going to cap it off with Netflix. So just when we thought they couldn't possibly become any more unappealing, uh, they outdo themselves. So currently up in Canada, they have revealed that they plan to phase out their lowest cost ad-free tier. Uh, You know that plan that essentially was what Netflix used to cost in its entirety back in the day? Yeah, that's no longer going to be around. And in the U.S., it is currently being hidden for any new subscribers as part of that phase-out, which means that they will be down to only three plans. The ad-supported $7 plan, the standard plan of $15.50, and the premium that fetches $20 a month. So... You know, in addition to the account sharing crackdown, Netflix just wants to remind subscribers that it's all about revenue for them. And quite frankly, they're really beginning to get on my nerves. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I just feel like they're not doing what it takes to actually keep their subscribers and not just keep them, but satisfy, you know, what that experience is like and not charging up the yin yang and not being so uh, micromanaging of how their accounts are being accessed. So... Uh, currently, you can still subscribe to the $9.99 plan here in the States, but like I said, it's not as out in the open as it once was. Uh, when you are there on the plan selection page, you will have to click See All Plans in order to have that $10 tier appear. Now, we do imagine that this may not be Netflix's most popular plan, but nevertheless, what does it hurt to offer something that's in the in-between that seemingly makes it look as though you are trying to include everyone's price bracket. So that's just my take on it. Um, Like I said, I I get part of it, but at the same time, I just don't feel like Netflix is doing what it needs to do to actually satisfy these customers. And I would not even have Netflix if it wasn't for my T-Mobile subscription. So, which it kind of begs the other question of what is going to happen with those carriers that have that Netflix base plan as part of their offerings. That really hasn't been uh, revealed or indicated in any way, at least that I've seen online uh, or from Netflix themselves. So we would have to wait and see how that takes place in the future. But um, as far as that goes for this week, that is our episode. Uh, Like I said, it is unfortunate that Riley isn't with us today, but um, I did want to briefly go through some of those topics that came across our feed this week. So we will definitely catch you guys on the debatable episode number two this Saturday. Again, that will only be available on Apple Podcast Connect for the first uh, three or four weeks. And then the general public can actually get in and listen to that. So if you do want to check that out, we will provide links in the descriptions on future episodes to help with directing you guys over to that page. So that said, this is JD and we will catch you guys this Saturday.